You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Still alive or what? Barely. No, you just seem to be getting weirder and weirder. It's never ending. All right. So it's looking as if we're going to get some NHL hockey. Things are confirmed. What's the, what's the start date? 16th? The 13th, I think, is when 13th? they want to open up. Yep. 56 games. We're playing in an all-Canadian division. First, let me get your thoughts on the all-Canadian division. Um, I did a poll, Twitter poll. Was it gonna, Is it going to be epic? Is it meh? Is what it is. You know, whatever. Are you terrified? <laughs> or are you just like, just give me hockey. I don't give a shit in what form it is as long as I have hockey. I fall into the give me whatever it is. I don't give a shit. Give me hockey. I don't give a shit category. Okay. I, I kind of teeter between the terrified and, <laughs> and the, I don't give a shit. Um, mostly because we have Edmonton in our division and I just can't, can't stand the thought of losing to them more than like, we're going to have to play them eight times. So the thing that I'm like, most terrified I'm, about is having to listen to the goddamn broadcasts of the the, the Leafs and the Oilers specifically oh God, like non-stop all year so in that respect yes yeah I might just have to hopefully there's an AB, ABC or NBC yeah. um, feed and I'll, I'll take Pierre over that all day long oh me too dude I would take like who's the worst person in hockey no it's gotta be Pierre Maguire no I will take Pierre Maguire alone him himself only Pierre Maguire covering <laughs> hockey over like the Sportsnet guys who love Toronto and who love the Oilers all day. Pierre Maguire doing color to his own play-by-play. Exactly. I will take that exactly all day long. Yeah, um, but I will say this: having gone through preparing for this podcast and just doing a bit of a deep dive into each team, I'm definitely switching into. I think this is going to be epic. I think this will be freaking awesome. I think yeah, I think it's great because it should be the most competitive division. Like. In the same way last year where there was a lot of tight races and different divisions, I think this one is like, it's so wide open. I think outside of the Leafs being the best team and the Senators being the worst team, like I have no idea who's going to be where. Like I have maybe an inkling, but I mean, is this not the most wide open division in hockey? Like it's could be, it could be bonkers, madness, insane. Yep. So I think it'll be exciting. And what I think is cool too is, these East teams that we rarely ever see, sometimes you only play them once in an entire season. We're there's probably going to be a little bit of a rivalry with these East teams by the end of the season. Do you not think? Oh, totally. Like Montreal, and they've got some troublemakers over there. Kachuk versus Gallagher. Fuck. Yeah. The other thing too, I don't, haven't seen any, um, 
what the playoffs are going to look like. Have you seen anything? Not yet. I imagine it'll be divisional at the start. Oh man. So cool. I'm, I'm sure it'll be Canadian divisional matchup, which, which I think, honestly, I think that bodes well for the better teams than they in their regular divisions. So, yeah, as far as, you know, Canadian hockey as a nation, I think regardless of where you are on that poll, this is good for Canadian hockey. Totally. I think this is cool regardless. Like, I don't know. It just seems like, it seems like this is a year where they could try some different stuff too. And I don't know the idea of like an all Canadian division, even on its own without the necessity of it seems cool. So I'm it's, it's as far as I'm concerned, a, I don't care. They could be playing. They could literally be playing the Oilers 56 times this year. I don't give a <laughs> shit. I want hockey back, but I mean, the fact that it's just Canada, that's epic as shit. So you have seven opponents and there's 56 games confirmed. So what that looks like is you're going to play each team eight times. Are you ready? The first question is, are you ready for eight battles of Alberta? It's going to be back to like the, uh, remember the old Northwest division days when they play the wild, the Avs, the Canucks, the Oilers. And I think there was one, was it the Coyotes maybe like eight times a year? You'd literally watch the Flames play the fucking Minnesota Wild eight times a year. Oh, do you remember those days? Like the early 2000s? It's going to be like that. So I think maybe it'll get old after a while, but I think, I don't know. I'm totally ready for it. And again, like you said, the fact that it is these Eastern teams, we don't really get to see that much that I think that'll add that'll add a different dimension to it. Cause yeah, we, we, you don't play the Leafs very often. You play them twice, twice a year. So I think it'll be a lot different than it was like, fuck, we got to play Minnesota eight times a year again. Exactly. So. Like I'm sitting here, like, I don't really know what to expect playing Edmonton eight times. Like, is it going to be this all out brawl war for eight games? I would lean towards yes, just because of how much these teams apparently hate each other. It's well, very apparent. Yeah. Well, man, like you going like back. The hatred, the hatred is real. Like well, this think, isn't even this isn't even kind of like, oh yeah, we always seem to like get into it. Like these teams fucking hate each other. Period. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think even the fact that they're both I think I think what makes it more interesting now is that they're both they're not necessarily both good, but they're competitive. Yeah. And they're and they're in the range of like they're in the range of being good the the same amount of good jesus that that was hard for me to spit out like they're they're pretty much equal like the flames yeah. and others in terms of skills so i think that takes it to a different level that we haven't had in pretty much forever since we've been alive that the flames and oilers have both been competitive at the same time yeah it's pretty much never happened like i don't know how like i said playoff structure not sure but is it Maybe safe to say four teams are going to make the playoffs out of this division, or are they going to go with six? Maybe well, six. If it, eh? Yeah, if it's divisional, I imagine it would be four. But I, I haven't seen anything about how the playoffs would work yet. Because so. if it's four, then like you just said, these two teams are probably going to be battling for maybe that final playoff spot. Because you got to imagine it'll be the same amount of teams that make it regularly, which is eight and eight. Yeah. So maybe they expand it. Maybe they do something similar to they did last year where like there's some teams that make it and they have a playing round. We'll see. Yeah. They, the NHL probably doesn't even know what they're doing yet. Yeah, I'm sure. But likely based on how the projections of the standings break down, if it was one to four, the flames and Oilers are probably playing in the first or second round. You'd think this year at some point. 
would not, all go, would not surprise me one bit. I really feel like I really feel like if the regular season finished last year and this COVID stuff didn't happen, yeah, they would have. They, we would, they would have played in the first round. That would yeah, be totally. my guess. Okay, well, let's get into it. Obviously, we're going to start with Edmonton. I mean, who else do you start with? Let's go through some of their off-season um, acquisitions. They're bringing Pooley-Arvey back. Yeah, I like that. This this kind of scares me. But then on the other side, it's kind of like, well, you know, it kind of doesn't. Where are you at with it? Well, I think with the Oilers, it's it's kind of similar to the Flames. The thing is, with their with their roster, there's no way this makes them worse. So yeah, but it's how like deadly as could it be? They got better, but did they get better in the right areas? Is the question for me. It's like, okay, you already have the two most dangerous goal scoring players in the world. You're, now you're at the guys you're adding theoretically like make you a more dangerous offensive team. It's like it's like throwing a match on a fire kind of thing for me. But it's well, like, yeah, yeah. Is, is bringing in guys who are really good in the in the offensive zone, like Pulyarvi and Cahoon and um, in uh, who uh, Tyson Berry, is that really going to make the difference for you? Like they needed a guy who can play in both ends. They didn't yeah. really get that. Well, but I mean they, that that top really, six is so good. What they really needed was goaltending, and then and yeah, <laughs> they, my, they needed... my fa- obviously my favorite part of the offseason is stealing <laughs> Jacob Markstrom away <laughs> from the Edmonton Oilers. Makes it worth it. Signs in Vancouver, and they end up signing Mike Smith again. Yeah. Well, the thing is, what the fuck is with with coaches and Mike Smith? Like, because I mean, they've got Koskinen there, and not that Koskinen's like this world beater goalie, but he's fine. But they keep starting Mike Smith. Like, what is with that? Like, when when Bill was starting Mike Smith over Riddick, and then last year Dave Tippett is just like, why does Mike Smith just get these coaches' balls in a vise and just say, start me? Like, he sucks, and he continually gets starts and contracts. What the hell is up with that? Well, he both goaltenders had a very small hot streak last season, and they both had, a like, atrocious long streaks. Yeah. So, I I... I would much prefer play Mike Smith all eight games. Give me that all, please. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> we'll win. We'll go eight and zero probably if he plays all those games. Like here's the recipe for disaster for the Oilers this season is if Koskinen is average, or if he gets hurt. If he's not, oh dude, if he gets hurt, <laughs> they're they're screwed. That's gonna be interesting. What what tr- in-season trades look like, hey? Because you're only playing one division. You're not seeing right? any of other teams. If you send somebody to another division or something, that'll be, yeah, that'll be weird. I wonder, I wonder, I imagine it will, with the financial situations and stuff, but then, hey, it might, it might exacerbate it. Like if you want to unload money or something this season, maybe, I don't know. It, the trading aspect of it will be really interesting. Like I would honestly not be surprised a third way into the season they have to trade one of these forwards they picked up to get a goaltender. It would well, not surprise me one bit. I bet you it's still on, on their radar going I, into the season. Yeah. The, again, with the Oilers, like they didn't really address their biggest needs. I think similar to the flames in different areas. What they needed was a tr- play driving forward could play in their top six. Like again, that top six is going to be, is already insanely deadly offensively like crazy. But I mean, I mean, they got Kyle Turris, but is he really going to be like your shutdown guy? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, um, he's he's declined. Yeah, exactly. Like I like the pickup, but again, like it doesn't really address their needs up front. And then, yeah. I mean, on on D, like if Clefbaum's hurt, which sounds like it's going to be the case, 
And again, I don't mind Tyson Berry, but he is not a good defense, like in his own zone. That defense is looking rank. Caleb Jones, Tyson Berry, Darnell Nurse, Ethan Bear, Chris Russell, Adam Larson. That might be the worst defense core in the entire league if that's your decor this year. Yeah. And if Darnell Nurse, say Darnell Nurse, like he plays hard. What if what if you lose him? Oh, yeah. Even, even just the ten games. Well, Russell, even like Chris Russell, he's a blocking every goddamn shot in in sight. So he he's could be. It's just it seems like the Oilers' strategy this year is we're going to beat you eight seven, and probably on all nights they're going to lose seven to six. And I like um, the analogy. I've never heard that before. By the way, it's, I like that throwing a match on a fire. Yeah, I'm smart. Like, can the power play get any better? I doubt it. No, just, that power play is insane. Set, just set an NHL record. I mean, I don't think your power play can get better. So, no. Can you? The question is, does it get worse? Well, I guess we'll see. Again, it's kind of like they're gonna win. They're gonna win games like ten five or seven five. But then probably they're gonna lose some ten five and seven five games too. So. I really like their Ford group, but they're yeah. going to be, they're going to be a team. Like, again, they're going to live and die with the power play and how many goals they can score. <laughs> so they're the wild card for me. in all of this is like, I think you can kind of, now they have these. I think you can kind of set a, you kind of know a little bit what you're going to get from everybody else. I think um, like where, where they fit in the standings. I'm not sure with everybody, but I think, you know, the upper and lower limits of each, of all the other teams, the Oilers to me seem to be the team who could like, they could challenge the Leafs for first, or they could like not even make the playoffs. So I, I, they're, yeah. they seem to be the, the kind of the swing team in all of this. Now they have these two defensive prospects in uh, it's Bouchard and right. And oh, you Robert, mean the next right? Chris Pronger or whatever they're calling him up there. Yeah, that's. I mean, if you listen, what is it, Specter and Principe and all them? Oh, like, and Jesus! He's the other the guy media just... is the worst. I think his name's like Bob. I don't. I don't want to name names. <laughs> I can't remember his yeah, name, but bad. he's literally the fucking worst. Terry Jones. Well, what are the chances? There's one other guy we... on Twitter who's just the, yeah. the worst. What are the chances are you see Bouchard and? Is, well, I don't like. I, I think there's a good chance you're going to see Bouchard this season. Yeah, like, I think you with, see with the depth that they have defensively. Yeah, I think yeah. he'll play. So, I mean, I mean, the Oilers are convinced he is the next Chris Pronger. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Do we have to worry about Bouchard just absolutely winning the you know in the Calder Trophy race and taking this team to the the finals? I mean, I think he's a good young defenseman, but I mean, I'm not. On a nightly basis, I'm not too worried about it. Like again, he he's like another Oilers guy, right? He's a offensive. Def- he's all offense. So we'll see, I guess. But again, I don't so think Kenny he, Holland, I don't think he addresses their issues on the back end. Kenny Holland, like we like we mentioned, doesn't address the number one need, which is goaltending. Um, he he pat, punks, he puts more offensive ability scoring into the team um their bottom six is probably the best it's been in years yeah i think it's cool Arby, cahoon tourist they're going to keep ennis and like you said the the addition of barry what what do you know about cahoon because i know when they signed him i think you were messaging me and and you would have liked that signing for calgary yeah, I would have just because, I mean, he's a good offensive player. 
like he played some limited minutes with the Penguins, but I mean, I think he would have been a good pickup as opposed to somebody like Nordstrom for the Flames. I mean, I I, I just think he he's he's the kind of guy who's going to go to Edmonton and play with McDavid and get like way too many points, and they're going to give him an insane contract. I think, but I just think he's he's a player who could have provided some offensive pop in the Flames' top six. That's really it. I don't think he's. I don't think he's like a superstar. I, I mean, everyone's like the 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 fancy thing they're doing right now is like, oh, he's he scored his points per sixty last year were higher than Johnny Gaudreau's. Ha ha ha. It's like sure he played a lot of time with Evgeny Malkin in his time in Pittsburgh, and then his time in Buffalo. Yeah, he was fine. So I think he's going to be again more of what the Oilers already have a really good offensive player. What um, what worries me a bit is they have him slotted in the top six right now, playing with Leon Dreisaitl and Kyler Yamamoto. So with the breakout of Yamamoto, man, if he just continues to get better yeah. while playing with Leon and then you throw Cahoon in the mix, and if he can start finishing, this, this well, I don't know. It's going to depend on the Pooley-Arby factor, but th- this team might be able to score a well, lot. Yeah, and then if you like, okay, well, if they're playing the Flames on a night-to-night basis, like, and you're having to go up against those two lines, like, let's say their top line, they put Nugent Hopkins with McDavid, and I don't know, maybe Pillar RV plays there, and then you follow that up with Cahoon, Drysaddle, Yamamoto, like, holy shit, like that's that's gonna be a that's gonna be two tidal waves of offense right there, so. If I mean, if you're throwing out, I mean, we've seen how Noah Hannafin fares against uh, Connor McDavid. How many highlight reels is McDavid on blowing by Noah Hannafin wide? So, I mean, if you're putting, say, Gio and Rasmus against McDavid, Drysaddle, Cahoon, and Yamamoto are going to have a heyday with Hannafin and Tanev. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a scary as shit top two lines. Like, there's no doubt about it. The only, the only thing is, is, okay, if they're playing against a line like the Matthew Kachuk line, who can keep them in their own zone, they suck in their own zone. So they kind of live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah. And then, I don't know, man, we always seem to come to show up to play against McDavid outside of Hannafin. But I don't know, out of, out of you know, the whole division, the Oilers scare me the most. Yeah. Um, just because of how intense the rivalry is. And I mean, we did win the season series. Oh no, we didn't. We did. We lost the season series last year. Yeah. I was close than everybody expected. And again, that's so the, two the, wins, three losses last year, Yeah, but we did outscore them three point an average of 3.2 goals to 2.8. I think the only reason the Oilers in terms of the flames versus the Oilers matchup scare me a bit less is because I, th- I think a lot of the weaknesses of the Oilers can be exploited by some of the guys on the Flames. Um, like, I mean, you saw the Flames pretty much dom- not dominate, but fare pretty well against the team in the Winnipeg Jets when their defense was absolutely terrible. Yeah. I think the fact that you do have a line you can throw out there, whether it's Lindholm between Kachuk and Mangiapane or Backlund between Kachuk and Mangiapane, you have an elite play-driving line that has Kachuk and Mangiapane on it. That's an element the Oilers don't have. So I mean, if you can have one of, if you can have that line match up against one of the Oilers' big offensive lines and win that battle, I think that is a that's a that's definitely a positive for the Flames. And then I mean, the Flames do have the edge on the back end and in net. So yep. I think I think matchup wise, 
the Flames actually grayed out okay against the Oilers. It's yeah, just, I guess I guess you're right. Like as good as their their offense is, it's just as bad defensively in a net. Yeah, so I think the Flames are a bit more of a balanced team. Like, oh yeah, much more balanced. I, again, they don't have nearly the talent up front in the top six, but again, they do have the Kachuk Manjapani line in their in their uh, toolbox. I mean, the fact that I don't know Markstrom is <laughs> like the fact that you have an you have a better D. You have a better goalie and you do have a line you can throw it against there. One of their big lines, I think gives you the edge a little bit. Well, um, and th- as this Calgary team continues to show every single season, they can keep pace with goal scoring teams. Yeah, exactly. So like, I, th- I think the Oilers are so one dimensional that the flames c- can handle them. So that it's just, it's just going to be a matter of how much, how much can they limit the damage and, kind of how how much can the offense keep up with the Oilers so as as the season series goes you got eight games against these guys what's your prediction in terms of win losses I'm I'm gonna say it's a 500 matchup they go four and four against the Edmonton Oilers yeah I I'll lean I'll just like say just because I I can't get a clear read on what the Oilers are gonna be this year again like I said I kind of in my mind have them finishing second but just because I've kind of just talked myself into the flames being a bit better defensively. I'll say the flames win they win five of eight, go five and three. Okay. So yeah, the Oilers are the one team I can't quite predict because you never can because it, but even the only thing you can predict is how well Connor McDavid and Leon Dryasile are going to be. Yeah, and then it never and seems to matter though in the end, right? Like exactly. they were fucking awesome last year, both of them, and they get crunched by the Blackhawks in four games. So if you if if you look at what this team, you know, the biggest need for them, it's definitely team defense and goaltending, and they did not address those. They did get better offensively. So it, you'd kind of lead you to believe. Then here's the other point too. I'll throw out there. We just talked to Christopher Stieg. He was talking about being on a Stanley cup winning team, how point totals for Patrick Kane start to kind of even out. Whereas he's used to scoring 80, 90 plus points when everybody on the team is contributing and you're getting more secondary scoring, the primary scoring evens itself out. So if like, are the Oilers really good? How, how many goals did the Oilers score as far as a team by team metric goes compared to the rest of the league last year. And, yeah. And they, they didn't even really, what did they have? Like, I think they, I'm going to pull it up. They had 225 goals. The flames had 210 for reference. So they, and they, like, are they, are they going to score more? Well, right. Are they going to like score 300 goals? Is that going to equate to them winning more games than they lost this year? Because Mike Smith sucked half the time. I don't know. It's going to be, I just think watching the Oilers first off watching the Oilers was a pleasure for me last year, even though it's, I mean, watching them lose is a pleasure, but man, they, they won way too many times for my liking last year. Well, the thing is, I think again, we kind of forget they were good last year. They finished ahead of the flames. Yeah. They were second only behind Vegas in that division. It's just you you kind of forget because the season was on pause and they got punked by a shitty team in the Blackhawks. That's what you remember about last year. So over over a longer sample size, they are a better team than I think most people think they are just because you're like, oh, they lost to the Blackhawks and Mike Smith sucks ass. It's like, no, this is still a really good team. But I just think those questions on like 
on most nights, they're going to be able to outscore the other team. But again, on those nights when they're not doing that, they, they seem to not be able to, I don't know. I, I, that defense just looks so rough this year that I, I can't, I can't put much faith in it. And like, again, like we keep saying, Oh, but McDavid and dry saddle are so good. It's like, yeah, they were great last year and they got punked. Yep. So it's I like, just, like last year, I, I don't miss a flames game. And last year I had most Oilers games on cause I just love watching them lose. I just feel like it's going to be interesting watching the Oilers just from a team standpoint to see how teams play against them and see how teams beat them and how they lose to them. Like what wins games for the Oilers and how do they lose their games? Because that's going to be the telling story. I think, I mean, the, who knows, maybe 20 games into the season, everybody figures out, okay, all you have to do is shut down. Well, <laughs> it, it kind of already is out of the bag, but yeah. uh, maybe even more to, to a more extent, but I don't know. I just feel like I have a feeling that, as a fan watching hockey, because we're in this all Canadian division, we're probably going to be watching more non flames games than we ever have in our life. Oh, totally. For sure. Especially since, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I honestly didn't watch a lot of the others games last year, to be honest, outside of the ones they played against the flames. So I can't really speak to their team style, but definitely going to be an interesting storyline this year. Okay. Next. Um, I'm going to say Vancouver is still your bigger rivalry than Winnipeg, Winnipeg, even though that's starting to heat up. Let's go to Vancouver next. How much did they really lose in the offseason? Because it seems like they lost a lot of a lot of players to free agency. They couldn't get Markstrom re-signed. That's going to probably hurt them the most out of everything that happened in the offseason. Um, they managed to get Holpe, but they definitely still downgraded in goal. Um, let's go through some of their off the offseason um, – activity first well i think again like it's kind of weird all these teams like i don't know if any of them other than the leafs like significantly got better it's just kind of like a lot of moving parts like a lot of teams made changes but i don't think really got better like i think the marstrom loss is is a loss but i think the biggest loss for the uh, canucks was the was not being able to resign to foley he brought a totally different element to that team that they had been lacking. Um, and I thought he was great for them. And the fact that they didn't get him re-signed really hurts their top six because now they're top six. And I, unlike the Oilers and say the Leafs, I think the Canucks forward group is not particularly deep. You have the elite guys, you got Pedersen, you got JT Miller, but then, I mean, it, it kind of falls off after that, I think. So the fact that they weren't able to get to fully done, I think is the biggest loss. Yeah. So I don't know. The goaltending we'll see. The the thing is with the Canucks is like Markstrom, they were not good defensively last year and Markstrom won them a lot of games and they didn't, I, I think they kind of improved their defense, but it's still not very good. And even though I like Demko and Holtby is meh, I, I think, I think the amount of saves Markstrom made and the amount of wins Markstrom gave them on his own is yeah. Good they're not going to be as good. Yeah. I feel like on paper, they got slightly worse, not yeah. by, a, not by a large measurement, but like you said, for me, it's their secondary scoring. If you look in their lineup. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, brutal. Like daily face off has Vertan it's slotted on the first line with Pedersen and Miller. Those are some big shoes to fill. And if Vertan can't carry that type of responsibility, yeah. like who are they going to put in the top six? They're kind of like, they're missing a top six player, right? Like they, they needed to sign to Foley and they didn't. 
And then they lost Levo as well, who can yeah. slide up and down the lineup. So I look at their ability to score. The thing is, is on the other side of it, though, this Vancouver team, they're all young players who are still getting better every year, right? So Hughes is probably going to be better than he was last year, both Besser, yeah. especially if Besser plays a full healthy season, and Pedersen are going to be better than they were last year. So they might be able to make up in the shortcoming and secondary scoring, but I don't want to, I wouldn't put my money on it. Well, yeah, the the thing is, again, a lot, Ellis Pedersen and JT Miller, and I mean, Bo Horvath's probably maybe a little overrated by a lot of people. Like, those are three really good players, and Brett Besser can snipe with the best of them. But it's then when, again, like when you look at Vertanen's slotted in on your top six, Tanner Pearson's in your top six, your third line is like Adam Gaudet and Louis Erickson, and like maybe Sarah. Michael Furland if he's still playing. Like, yuck, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Furland's playing, man. So you're looking at Sutter. Yeah, so that's a that's a rank middle six slash bottom six, yep. and then, I mean on D like I really the the Schmidt I think their D got better I think swapping out Schmidt for Tanev is a win, um, but their D wasn't good last year outside of Quinn Hughes, <laughs> like Edler and Myers no thanks you Levy maybe he breaks through but Jordy Ben's not very good so I mean that defense even though I like Schmidt didn't get better. Alex, Ed- Alex Edler, solid. He's injury prone. He's getting older. Like how many yeah. more years does this guy have in the tank? It just seems there's, yeah, there's so many question marks. The X factor may just be come down to goaltending. How well does Holtby perform? And if he, if he falters, how well is this Demko in and, and close the pipes? Cause he was lights out in the playoffs. That might just be what comes down to, you know, the, the Vancouver Canucks season where they end up is how solid of goaltending can they get? Yeah, totally. Because I think you know you're gonna get a Pedersen. I don't. I, I would. I don't think Miller's gonna score at the clip he scored at this year or last yeah, year. I would so agree. I think you'd expect a bit of a drop off from him. But yeah, I think they're gonna. The problem is they don't. They probably don't have enough scoring up front, and they're leaky defensively, and they lost their number one netminder. So it's just like, whoa! I don't know if that's gonna. If, if that's really a recipe for success. So. Yeah. Cause let's, let's remember too. They just barely made the playoffs. Yeah. So, and in the playoffs, really the only reason they won is because of heroic performances by Markstrom and Demko. So I'm not super confident in the Canucks, but I, I, I do, I do like some of their pieces. And again, they surprised a lot of people last year too. So. Now, I, I, I don't know. I think the Flames, if you're looking at how the Flames match up against them, I think this is one the Flames slam dunk, like, easily are the better team. Well, we, and it's funny, too, if you look at certain teams, and I think we can't have a, you know, entire conversation tonight without bringing up this, this whole, you know, grit concept one more time. But there's certain teams that we, we seem to match up well against and then others that we don't. Vancouver is seems to be a team that we do. I mean, if you even look in the past few seasons, we usually win the season series. We usually outscore them. Um, what's your prediction as far as a season series goes this year in eight games? Yeah, I'd say you got to, if, you, if you're the Flames, like there's, te- there's teams you have to beat. The three teams you really have to get a lot of points against are Winnipeg, Ottawa, and Vancouver because you should be better than all those teams. So yep. you, if you're playing the Canucks eight times this year, if that's how it's going to shake down, you probably need to beat them at least six times. Yeah, you, know? you got you to get at least 10 points 
you're looking at, at probably setting your sights for 11 or 12 points. Because if 16 of your games are up against two teams who I think are pretty good, and in the Leafs' case, really good, the Leafs and the Oilers, I mean, you have to be able to make up the points when you can. So I, I they need to win at least six out of these eight if that's how it's going to be, I think. I'm predicting they're going to go five and three. All right. If they do that, it's still good. You yeah. got to be, you got to win against the Canucks pretty much is the bottom line. Yeah. So, okay. Do you want to throw out a prediction or just go right to Winnipeg? Uh, we can do the predictions at the end. Yeah. Okay. Right. Winnipeg. Now, what I like about this is you just had a rivalry created because of, you know, the new being a fucking dick. The nuanced off, yeah, and the nuanced off season. Typically, we wouldn't play them in the first round, right? Um, so you got to play in with them. The whole drama with Shifley, Kachuk, Palmerese, Wheeler. I just think it's cool that that rivalry will probably continue to grow because now you're in the same division. Oh, for sure. It's one more, and it's it's funny because the. Up until this playoff series, I the Jets were like, yeah, I don't mind the Jets. Now I'm just like, fuck them. I hate them. Yeah. So it's already it's already built now. And what will be interesting to see, right? Like I did another poll on Twitter just in terms of, you know, what are top storylines. Obviously, the Battle of Alberta was the top one. Um, but you got Kachuk versus Kachuk. Might be interesting if some animosity starts to develop throughout an eight you know, playing the same division over eight yep. games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who knows? Things might heat up between, I like, I'm sure the Winnipeg Jets are going to be circling the Calgary Flames games on their calendar. Totally. Adam like they're, Lowry. They're going to, they're going to want to get some revenge. Adam Lowry. So I don't know. This to me is intriguing. If you look at their, their lineup, with the acquisition of Stastny getting the him back, this rivals best top six in the division. Yeah, this is okay. So I know, and again, I'm still going to predict the jets are not going to be competitive in this division, but I think they could be, I think they could be a sneaky contender just because their forward group is still so strong. I love well, the, I love bringing Stastny back. Yeah. There's top, they're top six. Like this, probably outside the Leafs, that's the best top six in the in the in the division. Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Ehlers, Stastny, Line, and I mean, I like their bottom six as well. I like Cop a lot. I like out. I like Lowry. I think Roslovich is a good player. I think Matthew Pro is still useful. So I think the four group is very strong, and and very it's it's <clears throat> it's it's very utilitarian. You have a lot of different looks. You have the offense of Shifley and Connor. You have guys who can play, like a guy like Stastny, who can play in his own end. Nikolai Ehlers, I think, is going to have a huge season. I mean, Line a has scored insane amounts of goals in the past. Yeah, if he so goes like, on a hot, if he gets to put a hot streak, hopefully you're not playing right. You know, if you have to face Winnipeg while he's so, while he's hot, they got a lot of different ways they can attack in the offensive zone. But Jesus, that defense. Yeah. Like. Like like we saw what in the mean, playoffs, man? they got they got Forbert. Oh right, they got Forbes. Jeez, that defense sucks. Like the fact that they didn't address their defense. If they get another defenseman, I think they could be a contender. But as of right now, 
There's no way. Like, can you imagine the Oilers throwing out their top two lines against that D? Yeah. Like, they're going to destroy them every single time they play them. Like, I like Josh Morrissey, but he's not a number one defenseman. I like Dylan DeMello. He's probably not suited to be your number two defenseman. And you got Bill Yu, Pionk, Forbert, and Pullman. Like, that is the the worst. And if you look at how bad they were last year defensively, I think they allowed the most high-danger chances in the league by a goddamn mile. So if not for Hellebuck, there's no way they make the playoffs. Not even close. Last year. So... It's, and can he can he put an, together another performance like that? Right? Can he put another Vesna like heart worthy probably season together? I don't know. That's a tall ask. I mean, you saw the ask that there was going into the playoffs against yep. the Flames. Like it all came down to Hellebuck, and people were picking Winnipeg just because of Hellebuck. It's a lot of pressure. It's kind of a similar situation for this upcoming season. So I think the Jets just by default fall into the bottom category and as as one of the weaker teams. But again, if they added a defenseman, I do really like their forward group. And if Hellebuck is godly again, they still have a chance. But like we saw in the playoffs, I think the Flames match up pretty well against them. Just because their D is so fucking bad. Yeah, if you're if you're even like you said, if you're the Oilers, if you're Dave Tippett, if you're any coach, this is a matchup you need to win. This is... If if your coach is on point on the ball, yeah, you should win the series against Winnipeg because you can definitely exploit their defense just through matchups alone. Like the teams that can score, like the Fl- the Leafs and the Oilers, should punk the Jets every single time they play them, just because of that defense. Maybe Hellebuck squeaks them a win out, but like that D is too bad. It's it's just so bad, and it's not like Shifley guys like Shifley and Kyle Connor are great two way players either. So I, I just think their inability to play in their own zone is just going to probably destroy them this year. I think a lot of this will come down to how hot can their top six get, how like their power play for their, for their firepower. Maybe it's because there's not a lot on the defensive end, but their power play wasn't amazing last year. If I recall correctly going into the playoffs. So who knows if their power play can, can get higher up in the league and become better. I don't know. The Jets, to me, they might – they have the potential to surprise, I think, some people. I think you mentioned that. But where do you what, – what's your prediction in an eight-game series against the Jets? Um, I think you got to – like, same with Vancouver. You got to at least win six. Ooh. You got to win six. Eh? Six you and two. To. You got to demolish them. All right. I'm going to predict five – we go five and three against the Jets. Five and three all year, eh? Yeah, it's well until <laughs> until we get to Ottawa. That's my that's Ottawa. We're going zero and eight against, guaranteed. Okay, next team. Is there anything else you wanted to to touch on on the Jets? Not really. Like they're they're probably a team again. Like are they? There's no way they're going to be second or third. I think all best they probably could maybe make the playoffs, but it's going to be a tough ass with that defense. They're definitely a bubble um, playoff team and yeah they, they just seem to be trending down so yep. i'm gonna say that they don't, they don't make the playoffs I, I would be surprised okay next team let's go to toronto all right now this is interesting to me because correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like kyle dubas is seems to be deviating from his whole notion of let's build an analytically skilled team 
it seems like he went out and acquired some grit in the off season. He made the, the Toronto media happy by getting so, Wayne Simmons. He's like, Wayne here, Simmons. I got your fucking tough guy. Leave me alone for a year. Bogosian. Right. Oh, I forgot about Bogo. And, yeah. And, and Dermot. So he, um, I, I honestly, like, I don't think Dubis would ever say that, but I legit think there is like a kernel of that to this, where he goes out and just like appeases these guys who are like, you just want to build an analytical team. He wears all the guys with grit. I, I literally think there is a part of that to this in, in yeah, acquiring so. guys like Simmons and Bogosian. Um, which is smart. Like he know, like you, we've talked about like tree living, not managing the fan base very well. Like that's, I mean, even if it's not part of his strategy, it would be smart if it was part of his strategy. Right. Yeah. Just to keep a section of the fan base happy. Yeah. What do you think of the Joe Thornton signing? I love the Joe Thornton signing. See, I do too. And he was a guy that, you know, mid season last year going into the dead. I'm like, like maybe you want to, yeah, you mentioned that. I remember that. I go after Joe Thornton. A lot of the fan base didn't agree, but I mean, I mean, the guys scored how many hundred point seasons? I mean, you have it or you don't in this league. And I think with his size, like I don't know, it's gonna be he's he's an interesting watch for me, especially now we're getting like, like I said, we're gonna get to see these guys way more often than we would. What's the downside in in signing a guy like Joe Thornton, who is still a decent player five on five and can help your second power play unit? Like, what, there's literally no downside. Plus, this guy for sure brings leadership to this young team. Totally. Like we even talked about, it's interesting having Versteeg on, um, talking about the power play, how bad it was, six percent. Yeah, uh, one of the worst in the league, and just having obviously his skill is a big factor, which. Joe Scott, Joe Thornton also has skill, but Versteeg's ability to, to almost quarterback um, the power play just from a vocal sense. Cause that's pretty yeah. much what he, what he talked about. Um, just telling the guys when they need to slow it down a bit and just, you know, work the puck around or if they need to try and open up seams, like to me, Joe Thornton can bring that element to this, this Leafs team. And it seems like an element that they need. I just don't see any weakness on this Leafs teams. Like I've kind of had them as my dark horse cup pick the last few years, but like I, they, they, not only did they address the areas they needed to address, they got better. They didn't lose anybody significant. And they're already of like their forward group is unbelievable. And now their defense, I think is easily the best defense in the Canadian division. And I know Freddie Anderson had some struggles, but he's still a good goalie. I just, I don't see how this team doesn't dominate the Canadian division. Like they're just so fucking good. Now it's interesting too, because historically you have, you know, this unwritten rule for general managers is you don't trade within your division, right? Uh, That's why you don't see a lot of trades between the battle of Alberta throughout history. And, but you know, Toronto seems to be a team that Calgary has some trade history with and, and even Montreal in a sense of like, well, they're not in the division, whatever, you know, who cares. But now it's that's changed. We just traded TJ Brody, TJ Brody last year, our best defender, um, to a divisional opponent opponent. Well, we lost him essentially, but right, right, yeah, yeah. Sorry. For for all intents and purposes, you, you fucking should have traded him, Brad, you idiot. Right? If if you knew you were gonna let him walk, why didn't well, why didn't you, you like trade him for Alex Kerfett or some shit? Ugh. 
if I if I don't see Miss Sharp, it's because I was up all night. We talked about that, but yeah, it's been a <laughs> it's been a long day. I was up all night for a number of reasons, but but I mean, like speaking of TJ Brody, if you've listened to this for an extended period of time, you know I think the world of TJ Brody. You know I think the Flames absolutely should have signed him. You know I think the Flames' defense is markedly worse without him. The Toronto Maple Leafs' defense, I think, because that's the what they get criticized for. So, oh, you got all that money up front. Your defense sucks. I'm looking at their top three defense. I don't see a team in this Canadian division who even comes close to these top three defense and Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Jake Muzzin is easily the top, the best top three defensemen. Combine that with some other guys who are pretty good. Justin hole. I think Travis Dermott's pretty good. I mean, Bogosian say what you want. I mean, you want to Stanley cup, (laughs) Um, but I mean, and then you look at their forward group and it's just like, it's not even fair on paper. Like it, it literally is not even fair that they can ice that good of four group and make their defense that much better over the off season. You, I know you low key love the Leafs. You love do uh, Dubis. You probably love the Leafs even more now with Brody yeah. on the with the Brody on. It's just like, I, how can I not? And I'm not one of those people who like actually has cheered for the Leafs historically. I fucking hated them. Yeah. Like I hate all those old guys like Tucker and Sundin. I hated those teams. But the fact that they are just so like they've created such a good team has won me over, and now that they have one of my favorite flames of all time on their team. I again, like, if any team in this entire league is going to benefit from not playing in their division this year, it's going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. Because, I yeah. mean, would they have not been Stanley Cup contenders in the last few years? Have they not had to play Boston and Tampa Bay every single night and into the playoffs? Yeah. So uh, that's a you know that's a huge great point the fact that they are going to play be playing ottawa like they could literally sweep ottawa and vancouver and winnipeg and make the playoffs and lose all their games to the other teams i just see they match up so much they match up so well against literally every single team i don't think they really have a weakness i know their big guys haven't really produced as much maybe as they should have over the past few years especially in the playoffs but geez, if if they're going into round one and they're playing the Oilers in round one and they're going up against like we talked about that defense, if you're throwing out the Matthews Martyr line against like like they could destroy Matthews and Martyr and Zach Hyman against Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, are they're gonna win that matchup every single time because they oh, can man. play they can play in their own zone too. That's that those are oh those I cannot wait. To watch a fair share, my fair share of right Leafs, Oilers, Oilers versus Leafs, yeah. and I mean the Flames and Leafs have had some pretty good games the last yeah. few years too. So I just like again, and they have some underrated guys in that team. Ilya Mikhaev is a great player. I think Alex Kerfoot is still really good. I think Jimmy VC was a decent add, and like I said, the Joe Thornton pickup is really great. On paper, the Leafs should absolutely destroy the competition this year in the Canadian division. They're only. Uh weakness really has been backup goaltending they picked up jack campbell later on later on the season wasn't that at the deadline yeah and i mean i mean he like he's obviously an upgrade from what they had yeah and i think the other thing is too i don't think freddie anderson i think that's the, the question for the leafs is like is anderson going to be good enough this year because i mean they he wasn't terrible but he wasn't great you know like he's kind of like the flames last year it's like well, it was serviceable goaltending, but you definitely lost a few games because of goaltending, and it definitely didn't win you a lot of games on its own. So, yeah, to me, Frederick Anderson is one of those conversations of he's been overplayed 
in the last four seasons. Yeah. And these, these guys aren't human. Totally. Like and all the situations, game, the game, the game is at a way different pace than it used to be. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, I, I think that that, that to me will be a, a question mark for this team is like, like you said, how well does Anderson play? How many games? I mean, it's a shortened season, so maybe there's an advantage yeah. there. Like, but yeah. All all situation save percentage last year amongst the Canadian teams, the Leafs were the third worst, the Oilers were the second worst, the Flames were the worst in all situation save percentage. So three teams that didn't really get great goaltending last year throughout the entire season. Now, this was circulating. I'm sure you saw it. There was a, a poll going around on who has the best goaltending in the Canadian division. Yeah. Who, who would you say the top three goalies are in the Canadian division? Oh, that's tough. I think obviously obviously Hellebuck and Carey Price, right? Yeah, we'll just say those are the the easy one and two. Like, is Markstrom better than Anderson? I know. The thing is, like, I think there could be an argument made that Carey Price is way overrated. Um, But I don't know. Just the thing with goalies is, like, they're so unpredictable. When you have a guy who has been so good in his career, like – it's hard for me not to say like, to say like, Oh, Carey price sucks. Right. It's like, I mean, he's one of the best goalies of his generation. So it's kind of hard for me to just say, Oh, he sucks. <laughs> so, you know, like, even though he's probably hasn't been as good as people think, I think if you had to rank it just purely on what's happened over the past three years, you'd probably go Hellebuck one. I think probably maybe Markstrom two and then Anderson three. But I think if I'm ranking them right now, you probably go Hellebuck one, Price two, Marsham three, Anderson four. And then, I mean, you can have a conversation of where Koskinen is. I mean, I don't think you can say Demko or Holtby are in that conversation. I mean, you can't forget about Matt Murray too, right? And yeah, I would put Matt Murray below those guys. So yeah, I think, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a question of goaltending and if the Leafs can, if the Leafs can finally kind of break through, you know, it's, it feels more psychological with them. Doesn't it? Isn't it? Absolutely. But like, it's a similar situation here in Calgary where it's like, everybody's like, Oh, it's fucking Gaudreau's fault. What a piece of shit. (laughs) Right. It's like, Oh, Matthew sucks. It's like, Matthews doesn't suck. He's awesome. (laughs) But they just, for some, whatever reason, haven't been able to get it done. Maybe it's because their lineup hasn't been uh, filled around them properly, but I don't know. They, they seem like, they should walk away with this division, no problem. The other knock on them, like we mentioned, was they weren't "quote unquote" hard enough to play against. Right. So we keep hearing this. Um, it comes up in our podcast because it's such a it's such a commonly used narrative um, in in media and sports media, especially in Calgary, yeah. which is this whole notion of being tougher to play against. Um, when I look at just some of the you know, these matchups in our own division and how we've played against these teams from recollection in the last few years. I don't know. There's are some teams that are a little bit softer and some that are more gritty, right? Like we'll get to the the Canadians. I think they might be the grittiest team in the division. Um, but I don't know. I, I go back and forth on this, to be honest. And I, I'm at a place once again, where I'm, I'm open to being, being proven wrong on this where maybe Tanov has an impact in that sense. I mean, no one can make an argument that Lucic did not have a big impact on both those series, especially the Dallas series, the way that third line was playing. 
Um, and I guess the, the grit conversation we've, we've pointed this out in the past. I think it's the same answer today is that general managers have talked about this. You need two teams. You need to build two teams. You need a team that gets you into the playoffs and then you need a team that gets you through the playoffs. And that's kind of, to me, had been the knock on the Maple Leafs, even though they've played the best opponents that this NHL has produced in the last five years in the Boston Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but they just haven't really had that it factor that the, yeah, that ability to play, you know, even harder in the playoffs, right. To break through, you know, that much more resistance. So I don't know where I'm at with it. Obviously in the regular season, I don't think it has an impact, but because this is a shortened season, uh, maybe teams that have more grit than skill might pull out an extra, you know, few percents in terms of winning percentage. It'll be interesting to see the impact on the shortened season, but um, like you said, they, they got a little bit grittier and so did we. So I'm curious to see how it plays out. Yeah. And I think most people, again, like, I think when, when you, you come in from an analytical point of view, most people are like, Oh, it's all, it's not all about analytics. And it's like the, the thing I have, the problem I have with like the grit argument is, I mean, number one, t- G- most GMs way overpay for it. Right. It's like Lucic certainly had an impact in the playoffs. Is that impact worth almost $6 million on your salary cap? Right. Dude, you still got smoked. <laughs> right. Yep. You still got crushed. You still didn't win a playoff round. So I think there's that. So I think it's a factor, but this is why I kind of like the way Dubis has kind of gone around, gone about doing it. It's like, okay, yeah. sure. We'll pick up Wayne Simmons for cheap. We'll add an experienced guy like Joe Thornton. We'll, we'll for cheap. We'll, yeah. For do it for cheap, do it on the cheap. Because like, again, when you look at like, okay, Tampa Bay lightning finally broke through and won the Stanley cup. Why? Well, I think for me, it's because they brought in two really key pieces. Number one being Blake Coleman who came in and had a really good impact. I think a guy like Anthony Sorelli definitely helped. I don't think it's because they brought in Patrick Maroon. And even though they did bring in Patrick Maroon, what did they do? Was he making a lot of money? No. So we'll see. I just think, I just think the Leafs have so much, they can kill you in so many different ways now that their defense is so dynamic and so good that I just, I don't know. I think they can, I think just when I look at it, if you want, if you want them to have that grit factor, they got guys like Simmons. Now they can pretty much play any way you want, I think. So we'll see how that works out in practice, but yeah, man, they seem to be super dangerous. And even coming back to this grit, like you said, it all comes down to how much value emphasis do you put on it in terms of your dollar spent? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's, there's definitely no argument, right? Like you look at Sam Bennett in the playoffs. Yeah. But when he can't perform, you know, it's, it was interesting also. I think I have a feeling Christopher Stieg actually nailed the whole Bennett solution. Yeah, for sure. Uh, which if you didn't listen to the, to the interview, um, what he said was you, Sam Bennett's not the, the guy you build a line around. He's the guy that moves up and down the lineup. And he hasn't been utilized that like that in the, in the past. And he's really struggled as far as the regular season goes in the past. So um, whereas if you look at where he's been successful, right, it's in short windows. Yeah. And that's because he can amp his game up for short windows. He's always been good in the playoffs. Um, so I don't know, like a guy like Christopher Stieg, that insight to me is almost gold. If I'm a GM or a coach, like then I know how to utilize a guy like Sam Bennett, but it's not like 
like Milan Lucic makes double what Sam Bennett makes. Exactly. Right? That like that's what that's what cracks me up about like people who who crush Dubis or the Leafs or even the Flames. It's like, oh, Sean Monahan sucks. She makes six point three million dollars. Yeah, and he scores thirty goals a year. Meanwhile, we're paying Tanev and Lucic. <laughs> like 11 million <laughs> to provide grit. It's like, who has a better argument here? Me wanting to pay guys who score a lot of goals or you wanting to pay these guys who like, well, maybe you win a playoff game. Right. So I think that's where the criticism falls flat for me with a lot of those people who are like, Oh, if they just got grittier, it's like, I, I get where you're coming from, but I don't know where I was going with. I just had to get a jab at the people who, who love grit so much, but I mean, are the Leafs going to be hard enough to play against? I think so. Now the Leafs look, we have a very small sample size over the past two seasons. We've played three games and we're two and one against them. So I don't know the Leafs, like I said, small sample size, but they seem to be a team that we become, that we're ready to play against. We're prepared to play against them. Yeah. And I think, well, I mean, the game I can remember last year is the one David Riddick stole. (laughs) Yeah, that was, we got dominated. But then the Flames did play them in Calgary and played a pretty good game too. So. Oh, they they pumped them in that one. They was scored scored three yeah. goals in a matter of three scored, minutes. Yeah, I remember Gaudreau had a couple of goals. So they they've matched up okay against them over the years. Um, the again the thing I think that's so important with the Flames is that they do have Kachuk and Mangiapane, and regardless of who plays between them, yeah, they have a line that. Again, they keep talking about this defensive first thing with Monahan and Gaudreau. It's like, well, just do that with Kachuk and Manjapani and you're fucking set. They do have a line that not a lot of other teams have in this Canadian division that could be a scoring line that can drive play really well. Um, so I do think you, you you have Matthew Kachuk, right? Like Kachuk is a guy who nobody else has. We have him. So yeah. I think on any given night, Kachuk is a guy who you, you have an advantage with. It factor. Yeah. So I think if you're looking, and again, if you want to make the argument, oh, the Leafs aren't tough enough to play against. Well, we've arguably got the guy who's probably one of the hardest guys to play against in the league on our team. So I think when you look at the Flames against the Leafs, I think the Flames match up a little bit better against the Leafs than perhaps some of these other teams do. Yeah, Um, that's that's what I see as well. I actually have them going 500 against the Leafs. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I mean, again, the Leafs, and hopefully Markstrom helps this too. The Leafs are a high-scoring team. And but I think with TJ Brody now their defense is really really good. But I do think there is some stuff to be exposed. Um, we'll see. That they're such a fast skating team though. Like geez, like man, they're so good. <laughs> but for some reason, I I do think the Flames will match up okay against them. Um, just because again, like if there if there's any line who can go perhaps toe to toe with one of those lines, it is going to be a line Matthew Chuck's on. So yeah, we'll see. Like, like I trust Kachuk to be able to win his matchup battle is all I'm saying. When you talk about these teams like the Oilers and the Leafs who have two unbelievable lines you can throw out there. Um, a lot of these other teams don't have a guy like Kachuk. And if Backlund's playing really well, and if you have a guy like Manjupani, they don't have that kind of line. So, But under Ward's defensive system, I mean, who could who could match up against us? I mean, Nobody. Monahan and Goudreau are going to win both win Selkies this year. It's going to be the first co-award win. I like it. All right, let's go to Montreal. Montreal is my sleeper pick. Um, I think they got the best over the offseason. 
maybe it's a little bit risky switching out Anderson for Domi. Anderson yeah. had, had a brutal year. Domi, I thought was, I thought Domi was the guy you needed. Like we should have went after Domi hard. Totally. I tried to get him. I wouldn't even mind replacing Domi for Bennett. Like, honestly, easy peasy. Happy with that. Domi could play in your top six, but these guys have a sneaky good top line, dude. No, dude. Like Dano and Tatar. That's, that's probably like an analytics person's dream line. That line is insane. <laughs> like yeah. that, like in terms of play driving, I don't know if there's a, if there's a line that is as good as them on paper, like well, Jesus. And, I mean, Gallagher, dude, I, he's the type of guy that again, we're probably going to start to grow a hate, hate for him. Yeah. I have a love for the guy because we only play him once or twice a year. And, you know, I can, I can deal with him getting in our face, but at eight games of Gallagher, we're probably going to grow a hate on for him. But man, I, I would love to have this guy on our team. I feel like Montreal kind of pulled a what Vancouver did last year, but to yeah. a lesser extent, it's like they got better, but it's like, that's kind of risky. Like, what are you doing? They could be in trouble like next off season. Like I love the Toffoli acquisition. I think that's yeah. an absolute great pickup. I like Jake. I like adding Jake Allen because then Carey Price can have a break and have a legitimate backup. Listen, if Anderson pulls a JT Miller, even yeah. to a, a lesser extent, totally. These guys are for sure going to make the playoffs. If if Josh Anderson is thirty goal Josh Anderson and not like one goal Josh Anderson, then these guys <laughs> challenge the Leafs for top spot, right? I that's that's what I'm predicting. Yeah. Because, yeah, um, that top six Nick, is so good. I mean, they, they still have, like, Kotkaniemi still developing. Nick's, like, maybe they're a little young to be saying, oh, they're, like, they do probably have some guys who maybe will struggle this year. Maybe Suzuki, he's still young. He's so young. Same with Kotkaniemi. But, I mean, but again, with, with a shortened season, it, yeah. it, it, it gives teams like this the upper hand, I would, I think. So I think on I think they definitely outside of the Leafs adding Brody and Thornton. Um, and they got like I, the Druins on sorry, but Druins on the third line. Like and I mean, yeah, Druins they still got Paul Byron. Team. Yeah, on the fourth. Yeah, Paul Byron. He, he makes it higher up in the lineup. But anyways, imagine Paul Byron in our team right now. We sh- right. sure could use a guy like that on our team. Anyways, <laughs> sorry to cut you off. Make your point on the the acquisition versus the. Or, Compared to the Leafs. Well, I just think other than the Leafs, they're the team that got the, they got the best. I think if you just kind of discount the risk of the Anderson don't like, I don't like the Anderson Domi swap and giving him Josh Anderson, that money is fucking insane. But the short-term dividends, maybe that does, like you said, if that's a Miller situation and you added to Foley, then you're, you're going to, you're going to be a great team in this division. And I mean, like I said, with the Leafs, if a, if another team benefits from being in a different division, it's the Canadians too. Like the team, the, the Canadians and the Leafs not seeing Boston and Tampa Bay so much, like that's going to benefit both of them a lot. Yeah. The other acquisition too, we have to know it is uh, getting a backup for Kerry Price and Jake. Yeah, Allen. totally. That's a great pickup too. Yeah. And so, I think Jake I Allen's good. So. As far, I, I, as far as relatively speaking, I think the Montreal had the best offseason and then the Leafs very, very close behind them. Yeah, I'd say the Leafs have the most like cohesive offseason where it's like they got what they needed and they did it in a smart way. Montreal just went like batshit insane and just like, yeah, we're going for it. So risk reward. I still don't, I'm not crazy about their D. Like I like Jeff Petrie. Shea Weber still should be okay, but they. They, the Joel Edmondson signing is the one I really didn't like. He's not very good, and they gave him a pretty big contract. Um, so I'm not sure about their D, but I do really like their goaltending. Yeah. So, so they I, they could be they could be sneaky sneaky good. I think so. Not this even is, sneaky good. They'll be they should be good. They are sneaky good. Yeah. Um, and again, looking back at, at, at 
at a team kind of history 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 in the last what two three years we don't match up against well against these guys and i think it, it they're just so scrappy right yeah like like talk about a team that and calgary is like this as well because they can score goals when they want but these guys are never out of a game and they're the type of team that will they'll keep games to one goals and then they make a push late in the game and they just have that ability to come back come from behind they did that against us at least once last year um i don't know i just i think we have a better chance against the leafs than montreal just based on what we've seen in the last few seasons i could be yeah. wrong but i'm going to predict that montreal wins the season series against us yeah and i kind of i sort of jumped the gun saying the flames have like a line that nobody else has with the kachuk kind of line this would be the this would be the team that has a hell of a play driving line into no gallagher and tatar like that's a hell of a two-way line. Um, yeah. And I mean, again, like th- that's a line that you could, they could throw it against the Gaudreau line and they would smoke them. Yeah. So they're like, that, they, yeah, they're the type of guys you hear this, they can beat you anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, and they're really good five on five. I think their special teams, they struggle a little bit. I haven't checked their power play numbers, but I don't think they were great at generating offense. I know for a fact they led the, of the Canadian teams, they led them five on five and expected goals four per 60. So, I mean, they're, they generate a shit ton of chances and adding a guy like Toffoli who shoots the puck a lot and can score goals. Like that's only going to help them. So with Suzuki and Anderson, I mean, you can't tell me Anderson's not going to have some sort of resurgence. The guy, the guy on a Columbus team, a defensive minded team, not a yep. lot of offensive power, you know, slotted down to the third line, fourth line last year was buried. He's going to get a resurgence playing with Nick young, Nick Suzuki play playmaker and tired to fully finisher. I don't see how Anderson doesn't get at least 10, 12 goals. Yeah. Um, if he's going to get played top six all year, I don't see how he's going to score 18. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, like, if you want to say the Leafs are building their team, like solely based on skill and stuff. And the, the Habs are, uh, leaning more towards like the hard to play against type guys like Josh yep. Anderson. It'll be an interest. Those two teams to watch this year should be really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like again, it feels like a Vancouver thing last year where it's like, it doesn't make a lot of sense in the long term, but you can't deny that they look like they're better on paper this year. Yep. What's your, I'm going to say we go three and five against them and not yeah, necessarily, gonna, yeah. not necessarily because they're better. They're going to finish more. I don't know, but I just, just the way I've seen the flames play against these, this team. Yeah, I would say you probably have a losing record against the Canadians. So, did we say our record against the Leafs? I don't think we did. Yeah, we did. I, I, I said. Well, I'm not sure if you did. I, I, said I don't we think go, you did. I said. I think they'll. Four. I think they won't beat the Leafs. I think they'll go less than 500 against the Leafs and probably less than 500 against the Canadians. And again, maybe that's just us being biased because we haven't seen these teams a lot over the past few years. Like you know what you we know what you're getting out of the Oilers, the Canucks to yep. an extent, right? These yep. teams we don't. See, Again, like I'm, I'm not watching a lot of East Coast games other than Saturday night. So, how do you feel about two uh, original six teams in your division? Love it. Cannot wait, dude. This is awesome. I can't this wait. Is awesome. Um, the other question I have for you too is, which tandem do you like better, Markstrom and Riddick, or Price and Allen? I think as a tandem, you probably got to go Allen and Carey Price. They probably, they, as far as the division goes, that's the best tandem. Yeah, I think so. I think we have the second best tandem. Goalies are so 
fucking hard to figure out. You know what? Uh, scratch that. I think the Flames have. You know what? I think the Flames have the best tandem, period. End of story. It's going to – and, I mean, again, Versteeg made another great great point on this is how he thinks Riddick is just an excellent backup goalie to the point because – and I had never heard anybody articulate like this, but um, he can ride his emotion, right? So when he's feeling it and he's got that swagger, um, you know, he can ride that and play well when he when he has that, whereas throughout a longer season – yeah. David Riddick, when he has his down moments, it's it's harder, right? Because he's not riding that emotion all the time. He has to be good every single night. So Versteeg was kind of alluding to um, Riddick is perfect for a backup role. And even in a playoff situation, can come in and, and win you games. Whereas Markstrom has enough skill and enough level-headedness that, you know, he can play those, you know, bigger workloads. Totally. And we've seen that from Dave in the past, right? Like, when's he been yeah. his best? When he's been as a backup, like relieving Mike Smith and then playing in short spurts when Mike Smith was there, that's when he's been the best. So that makes well, a ton of sense. Anybody relieving Mike Smith. Is yeah. It's going to look better. <laughs> so, you know what? S- screw all again. Goalies are voodoo. I'll say the flames have the best tandem in the league right now in the Canadian division right now. Love it. Okay. We're going to wrap things up with Ottawa. Obviously everybody's projecting them to be finishing last, just the youth of this team. They have some really exciting, you know, puzzle pieces, but they're nowhere near where they need to be to, to even push for a playoff spot for me. Dude, like they're not even going to, are they even going to win? I guess they could win a few games. But like, geez, this is a bad team. Like, who's I mean, their? I'm sure. If you are you looking at their lineup right now? Yeah. Who's their top line center? Who's Colin White? <laughs> Colin White is your top line center. Like, look at their center depth. Look at their depth. White, Tyranny, Norris. Who's that? Exactly. Anisimov. He's not. Dead I didn't even yet. know Anisimov was there anymore. So I think what they're trying to do is just. Uh, Eugene Melnick is trying to save as much money as he can this year, which he usually does anyways. But this year he's just like, we are barely, are they even at the cap floor yet? I don't even know if they're at the cap floor yet. Jeez. Yeah, I guess they are. But holy crap. I doubt they it. They have like $30 million in <laughs> cap space. It's unbelievable. Like, I mean, the senators are better. Like I actually do like some of the moves they made. I like, I like Evgeny Dadnov. That was a nice pickup. Yep. Um, yep. I don't like Matt Murray's contract. I think that one was a miss for me. Like, why are you signing the a not very good goalie to that big of a deal? I still think, man, what we should do is you try and get Brady Kachuk. You offer. I would, I'd be happy offering fucking. What do you want? A we'll package give it to you. Dubé, Bennett, and Dubé, Bennett, and Shillington, and and a second for. From Brady Kachuk. If you had Brady Kachuk, the Flames are consistently like a contender, no doubt. Fuck, that'd be, that'd be so. <laughs> He'll mean. probably be their captain, right? And I'm sure. I wonder. Stutzel will probably play too, so they'll be interesting to watch at least. Yeah, right? I think so. And I and I'm like, we talked about this off the beginning. Is like, are you going to see animosity between the two brothers? I don't think so because this this team's too irrelevant. If if Ottawa had a very competitive team in terms of where they're going to be in the standings. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Kachuk brothers get into it, but I just think they're on two ends of the spectrum. They're not going to, we're not going to see animosity. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't even like a one where it's like, yeah, maybe they could be good. Like they're not going to be anywhere near these other teams. 
Like, no, like, yeah, your best player it by a measure of magnitude is Kachuk, and he's a great player. Or well, I guess Chabot, but eh, Kachuk, I don't know. But I mean, there's no way this team is going to be competitive. They're just probably going to be a team you can watch and like, oh, maybe Tim Stutzel, maybe he plays for them this year, has a nice year. I don't even know if he's coming over, if he's concerned. I think the most exciting thing is that they've gone back to their regular uniforms that are not terrible and cartoony anymore. That's yeah. probably the most exciting thing. They got sick unis and I love their, their retros. Yeah. So I don't know. There's not really a lot to say on Ottawa. There's no way, like, even if you think maybe they could be competitive, there is no way they're going to be competitive, right? No. Like, not even close. Well, and look at who they match up against in the division. Like, Yeah, like, Toronto's going to beat them, like, 10 nothing every night. So, I'm predicting we go 7-1 against the Senators. I mean, you have to. <laughs> you have to. If you lose two games to the Senators this year, You're, you don't deserve what are you doing? Us. Exactly. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, I guess. I mean, they probably, I don't know. They're, they're going to be bad. I, do we need to go through the flames roster? Probably not. I mean, we talk about them nonstop. We so. talk about them nonstop. I think we could talk about them in like, did they, yeah, no, we don't have to. So let's go through then standings predictions. Obviously we both have Ottawa coming in seventh. Yeah. Do we not? We certainly do. Now, who do you have coming in sixth? Well, the thing that I'm trying to, I'm struggling with right now is like, I have my list who I think are the best teams. And then it's like, well, I, I probably should have a separate list of where they should place. You know what I mean? Yep. Like if I had to rank the teams based on strictly what I'm looking at and data and like, not even the, like not even what I think is going to happen. Like, I think it's obviously Toronto one. I'd put Edmonton two. I'd put Montreal three. I put Calgary four. Put Vancouver five, Winnipeg six, Ottawa seven. But based on the actual, like what I'm predicting to actually happen is going to be a little different. So I just wanted to make that clarification. Okay. So at six, I'm still at this moment going to go. I'm going to say I'm going to say Vancouver. Really? I just I don't know that I don't know if they can hold it together that that much of it. Well, I, I say that with surprise because I actually also have them coming in at sixth. Yeah, I had the Jets there, but it's just now that I'm looking at their forward group and their defense. And for me, it's just how they match up against the rest of the division. Yeah, it's like it's so it's going to be so reliant on a young goalie who maybe is up to the task, but it's just so unpredictable. Like, I think we take the series against Edmonton at best. They tie Edmonton or sorry, we take the series against Vancouver at best. Vancouver ties Edmonton at best. I think Winnipeg will is just as good as Vancouver. Yeah, maybe they maybe they beat. Winnipeg, but they lose. I think they lose to um, Toronto and, and Montreal. I, I got them placed in six too. Yeah, me too. Then probably we were both the same. Then Winnipeg coming in at fifth. Yeah, okay. that's weird. Yeah, Winnipeg at, at fifth. Um, I yeah, I kind of group them in Vancouver together in a bit of a tier where it's like yeah. I, they could flip flop either way. I don't see them being as strong as the other four teams though. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Okay, number four, the dreaded Oilers. Okay, I've got – oh, man, this is so <laughs> this is so hard because I got my list here, and I'm like, should I go with the Oilers here? Should I go with the Canadians? Should I go with the Flames? These three teams could finish in any order. As of right now, today, I'm saying the Oilers as well. Okay, because – and here's the other thing. I want to say, dude, it's the Oilers. Come on. Like, yeah. But it's not an 82-game season. That's they, true. They, out of all the teams in the division – 
might benefit the most out of a yeah. shortened series, it could be the Oilers. Well, that's why I'm saying they're the wild card because yeah. I, I'm they're the one who I think could challenge Toronto for first or finish fourth or fifth. It's just like they have the great equal, not even the great equalizers. They have two nuclear weapons in Drysaddle and McDavid. And if those two, but again, then I always think, well, they did that last year and they still got crushed by the Blackhawks in the playing round. So it's going to come down to if their defense, if their defense can be held together somehow. And if Koskinen can play okay. So just the fact that there's so many ifs, I'll put them at four. Yep. Third, I got our, our Calgary Flames. Okay. I'm going to go Montreal. Okay. I'm going to, I'll just say this now. Um, hot take Montreal finishes first in the division. Yeah. I could see them challenging. They're my sleeper pick. Listen, what are the chances they finish first? I doubt it, but I'll just say a hot take. They finish first. I'm going to say that they're, they'll finish top four though. For sure. Yeah. They're going to be top four. I, I think the top four should be any combination of Toronto, Calgary, when it, or Toronto, Calgary, Montreal. Edmonton and Montreal. It's just where they're going to place. So, yeah, and it depends on who gets streaky and, yeah. and if the the shortened season bodes well for teams or if it doesn't. But so yeah, I'll, I agree. I'll have the Flames at two just because I think if you look at how much went wrong last year, like literally everything went to shit, and they still managed to make the playoffs. And even in the second half of the year, they were starting to turn it around. Um, and even though they did lose TJ Brody. I think even the fact alone that Monahan and Gaudreau and Lindholm should bounce back and probably will bounce back, I think that alone should be enough for them to be second or third, and I'll say second. Um, and just like the fact that I, th- I think they do have less, they probably have less holes. Like I said, they're probably the most balanced team out of those out of those three teams: the Canadians, the Oilers, and and the Flames. So it's a safe pick, I think, to pick them at two. Okay. I mean, even though we did lose Brody, I still think their D is stronger. It's definitely stronger than the Oilers. It's probably stronger than the Canadians. If you're counting on Gaudreau, Monaghan, Lindholm, all bouncing back, again, you 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 know what Chuck's doing. You know what Manjupani's doing. Yeah. Well, given who's in your in your division, I would be pretty surprised if they don't finish top three. It would be uh, it would be an absolute unacceptable. Yep. <laughs> season for them not finishing the top well three. it would be devastating but it would also be i would be a little bit surprised yeah me too so i'll put the flames at two and again the goaltending tandem i think is probably the strongest in the division so and you've got yep. montreal at two i got leafs two, montreal one just for Ooh, oh just for hot take purposes just for hot take fun um but i'll i'll go ahead and say hot take either way you can swap out edmonton and and montreal I'm going to go hot take either Edmonton or Montreal finishes first. Woo. I like it. I, I just, you I, gotta, you got to keep it spicy. You know, I love, not even that I love the Leafs. It's just like, I, how can you argue with how good that team is? Like on paper, anyways. Like, yeah. There's just so, I don't see a weakness. And especially with them playing in this, this division, um, I, I don't know. I just can't see if they if, talk about a disappointing season. If the Leafs don't show up this season in a year where they don't have to play Boston, like <laughs> there's going to be a riot in Toronto. All right. So there you have it. Your division opponents, head to head matchups and standings predictions. Anything else to wrap up? 
<sighs> no, I wish the Flames. I hope they're good this year. I'm. Just, ugh, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you look at the Flames, well, maybe we'll just summarize on them. Um, I don't know the the forward group. I think maybe got it got it got slightly better. I think. Yeah. I overall, think, overall, it did. Overall, it did. I don't think you addressed your 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 critical team needs, which is really the name of the game. If you're in a GM and you're entering the off season, like that's yeah. what you want to do. And I don't think Brad really did that. Um, so I'm, I hope he's right. And I'm wrong that team defense shouldn't have been the focus outside of letting your four defensemen walk. Um, <laughs> right. He's, he, it was funny cause we were kind of shocked when he stated that defense and goaltending was the priority going into, into free agency yet. We guess we didn't know what he knew. He was going to let four UF or restrict UFAs UFAs walk. So, but I think we got worse defensively. Maybe not by much. I'm willing. I mean, with with the you know the replenishment of Yusuf Valamaki, because here's how you got to look at it. You have Tanev and Valamaki now with Brody. Well, yeah, you're that's trying to snow. replace Brody in the aggregate, which if Falamaki is what he we think he's going to be, maybe that's possible. So maybe I'm maybe it's a toss up for me, especially in the shortened season. Um, I don't. I still think you got slightly worse defensively, but you improved goaltending. I think I don't know. At first argument's sake, I thought we we got slightly worse. I'm kind of now leaning towards we got slightly better. But then the Jeff Ward factor too is like, it's always the great equalizer to me is like, even if everything breaks right, is he going to screw this up with how he's coaching this team? I'm feeling optimistic tonight. So I'm going to say, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm ready to see what happens. We've got hockey talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where you know you're down three nothing, and the team has this amazing comeback, and the guy who you want, who you really are thinking this needs to be the star of this team, has a hat trick. We've got beer. It has a unicorn on the can. An easy drinking beer that's just delicious. We want to help you understand the sport you love better. What kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better? What you know? What's a couple of things someone who's watching a game at home when things start up here in a few weeks, or if they're watching college hockey, what's going on right now? What kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better, or what's happening in the game, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's it's something that's evergreen. Um... Listen to Jackets Debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network and available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.